Welcome to UX Maturity. This is a podcast where we have conversations about the ins and outs of being a designer in tech. I'm your co-host, Susan. And I'm your co-host, Sandrine. Welcome to episode 55. Um, as usual, if you like our podcast and you use a podcast podcast platform where you can uh, rate and or review us, we really appreciate um, uh, your feedback on it. Um, so Spotify has, for example, star ratings now, which is really cool. Thanks to the people who have uh, rated us so far. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jinx anything on it. Um, and uh, of course, we also have our Twitter UX underscore Maturity, uh, where you can follow us for updates on new episodes and uh, any other updates. And uh, we are UX Maturity on LinkedIn. Um, so for episode 55, uh, we're going to continue our theme of management. Uh, last week, we spoke about, um, or we reflected on very personal reflections, I suppose, on our, our experience of being a reporter or being being managed, which is also always a bit strange for me to say, but we were a bit like, how else, what else do we, how else do we describe it? Um, this week, we're going the opposite direction. We're going to talk about managing upwards. Um, and I suppose a good place to start is Sandrine. Can you explain or <laughs> describe what uh, what we mean by managing upwards? Yeah. So in my view, managing upwards means that you're, I guess, managing, coaching, or challenging someone who's above you in the food chain. So it could be, it could be your manager. Uh, it could be your leadership team uh, in your function. So, for example, design leadership function. It could be uh, a project lead, like another more senior designer that you're working with um, or, you know, head of product that you're working with or, yeah, anyone who's above you in terms of responsibility, seniority um, and have direct influence as well on on, on yourself, your function, your projects. And yeah, you might want to obviously manage your upwards sometimes when you want to be heard on some things. You want your your opinion to obviously be, be heard on a few set of things. So you might think that something is not going in the right direction. And you might face situations where you need to manage upwards to bring these things to the attention of, of that person. And that's when I guess you need to know how <laughs> to how to have those conversations effectively so that you can see the the right uh the right change happening if necessary so so yeah does that match your idea of managing upwards yes definitely and you, you explain it so much better than than i could ever ever do um i find this topic interesting because i feel like I, I can't remember in my career, in any of the jobs I had, that anyone ever explained what managing upwards is to me or even even made me aware that it's something I need to do <laughs> or I'm supposed to do. Um, and then, you know, of course, thinking back at all the jobs I've had, I've always had to manage upwards. It's something you learn as you go. Um, and so I suppose today we're kind of we're reflecting on the kind of structured approach or the unstructured approach we've had to it um over over our jobs uh, and and managing upwards yeah no I, I agree that for some reason we don't it's not something that people really talk about but it is a really essential part of your yeah daily daily job because if you can't have those conversations when they need to happen then 
the quality of your work is directly impacted quite often um, or your function is impacted as well. And um, and yeah, I, I don't know why actually people don't talk more about this. It's a, it's a really crucial thing to learn to do and it's a very stressful thing to learn to do as well. And thinking about why, why are we even doing this, why we're managing upwards, I think it's... I think it's important to bear in mind that, of course, we have personal objectives at work in our roles, but our, the, the whoever's above us in the food chain also has objectives around their role. Uh, their role is slightly different than you know, our role, but, but um, they have objectives that, that sometimes depends on the work we do, sometimes depends. It's all like an interplay of dependencies and, and everyone doing their part, everyone doing meeting their own objectives but also thinking about the commonalities and the and the how we influence our own objectives. <laughs> I hope I'm making sense. Um, I guess to abstract it, uh, at the end of the day, if we all help each other improve our objectives and reach them, then we do better in our roles. Our, our leaders or managers do better in their roles and a business meets their objectives. So it's all, you know, no one is an island uh, in an organization. So we're all kind of, helping each other yeah I, I like what you say about the fact that it's important to manage upwards because it helps everyone achieve their objectives uh, I think for me why it's so important to do this it's that I think you find very different knowledge at different levels in the in the company and the lower down you go obviously the more I guess kind of functional knowledge people would have like they will have a very good expertise of the you know the user base that they're working with the the parts of the product that they're working on all the intricacies of the functionalities and how the system works and the higher up you go obviously the more strategic thinking you can see and the more knowledge you have at a high level big picture level direction level and i think managing upwards can really help actually bringing up knowledge of the bottom expertise to what's up there so that you can make sure that strategy and tactic meets in the right way, I guess, because sometimes you have some direction that comes from, you know, from the top that actually can sometimes mismatch um, what's happening down there. And, you know, these people may not have knowledge or they don't have the extended knowledge that you have as well. So I think managing upwards can help challenge in a healthy way of being like, well, we're trying to achieve this, but actually we know that our audience, for example, um, you know, won't respond well to this. or we've tried this test in the past and that's not worked out. Or you can kind of, yeah, try to bring up that kind of knowledge that you have to the attention um, of, you know, the person sitting above you in the, in the food chain. And, and then you can have a conversation actually and see whether they were aware of it or not. And then you can obviously think, hopefully collaborate on, on solving the issue. Um, so, yeah. And I think, you know, making sure that I guess the, the top and the, and the bottom of the, of the responsibility pyramid, I guess, communicates in that way is super important. Yeah, definitely. It's um, just because we are lower down in the food chain doesn't mean we don't bring value or different perspectives that uh, that benefit uh, the people higher up. Um, and then another aspect and good reason we should manage upwards is because um, it's well, it's it's not just about us. Like um, we we should also help 
our managers, for example, or our project leads or our product um, directors or whoever is above us do their job effectively as well. Um, like last week, we talked about our own growth in the, in the, con in the context of being managed. Um, but it's not just because we are in the hierarchy of things more junior doesn't mean we are just on the receiving end of feedback, for example, um, giving feedback upwards help uh, that more senior person as well. Um, so yeah, I this is also why I was a bit puzzled uh, when I was way more junior that, um, well, I wasn't puzzled at the time, but in hindsight, it's puzzling that no one, no one talked to me about this managing upwards thing um, because I think for a little while I thought oh I'm a junior person all I'm here to do is to like be a sponge <laughs> of learning and develop myself and not be so junior anymore and I didn't think about my role in um, for example making my manager shine or helping other parts of the business um, reach their outcomes so yeah it's uh, interesting. Um, so thinking about how we can manage upwards um, specifically, this is a very broad topic, uh, which makes it a bit tricky to talk about. But um, since I just mentioned feedback, for example, um, I can start there. How, how are ways we can manage upwards through not just receiving feedback as, as uh, ICs, but by giving feedback to different uh, people who are above us? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So I think there's different types of structures that you can put in place. And I think you will also want to <laughs> adapt your feedback, obviously, depending on the person. Uh, with your manager, it might be obviously a bit easier. I mean, easier. It's not always easier, actually, because obviously they're managing you. Um, but let's say you can have some form of process to give feedback to manager and then another one to give feedback to your project lead, for example. So I think... Um, something that um, I've actually quite appreciated from my current manager is that she has a structure where she has reverse one-to-ones. Uh, I think it's on a quarterly basis. And these are the things that um, you can ask uh, to put in place with your manager. Um, obviously, it's better when it comes from your manager because it gives you permission to give feedback. So it's the best, obviously, the, the best way uh, because then you know you have permission, you know it's welcome. Um, but, you know, it might be something you could suggest to your manager if that's not something that's happening. And that's just really helpful because then you can have a conversation around how effective the feedback you received was. Are they um, encouraging you or supporting your growth in a, in a way that is suitable to you? Um, you know, have they been effective in dealing with challenges for you? Uh, these sort of things. So you can cover a wide range of things. And having that dedicated session, which should be a safe session um, is really helpful. I think with project leads, for example, you may obviously have slightly less formal uh, type of process and it may be more around, uh, I guess, just bringing up issues where in, in you could have retrospectives. That would say a really great time to bring up things that didn't work out or things that should be brought up to the team's attention. And then you also have the plain old just uh, you know, casual check-in with the person on a one-to-one -one where you basically just bring up the issue or whatever thing that you're not sure about so that you can have a conversation with them directly face-to-face -face as well. And this is often the best way. Um, 
sometimes I think where it's tricky is when you f don't feel safe to bring up these issues and the lack of safety might come from different places. It can come from the fact that you're, you as a person is just not used to give feedback and you find that challenging. So I guess there is more around how can you get yourself out of your comfort zone and I guess your manager can also help you figuring out how to manage a project lead, for example, or challenge head of product, whoever that person is. Maybe you can work with your manager actually to figure out how can you do that better. Um, if the lack of safety comes more from the fact that um, the other person does not make you safe to give feedback, then, um, then that's a little bit more complicated. <laughs> I think uh, sometimes what can work well actually is to figure out if there are other safe channels um, and safe channels could be um, can you go and talk to someone else who has a good relationship with that person could you bring in your manager with you to have that conversation I guess there's other ways you could also try to build that safety around the conversation so so yeah I think these are the, the few good like I don't know if they're good practices but these are the few things that I've discovered in my experience um what about you yeah I completely agree and I, I think it's uh, especially with the parts um on of course creating a safe um environment and having safety which we which we talked about a lot before in previous episodes but also uh quite intentionally creating the structures for feedback to happen so that as you say um, people feel like they have permission to give uh, feedback and um, share their honest thoughts and views because I think it's far, far too easy and far too simplified to just say, oh, you, you're allowed to give feedback to your manager as well or to to whoever's leading your project. Um, it's, I think that's a bit oblivious to the inherent power structures that are in place um, in in whatever organizational hierarchy you have some organizational hierarchies are a bit more flat and or you know you're so few people that you're almost all peers on similar seniority levels but regardless it's there's a lot of I think feelings and fear attached to the fact that the people above you in the food chains are pretty much the people who have power over you in in terms of your promotions or your your performance on the project or you know your <laughs> job security so if it's if you don't have those intentional structures in place like um yeah these these feedback sessions where someone more senior to you uh, asks for your feedback in a structured if not form well formal way or retrospectives then um it's it's going to be difficult uh i think to foster genuine feedback yeah i agree that's why i think in those situations, the feedback has to be almost made in a form of um, anonymous way. Um, and it's a shame because it, it obviously when it's done that way, you can't actually have a conversation and then you have a much more cold approach of giving and receiving feedback. Because I say the person's going to give and receive anonymous feedback. And this is obviously never, I think this is never obviously the best way to receive it, but sometimes it has to be that way. Um, but yeah, so these are, are ways to sometimes bypass the unsafe environments. Um, but yeah, this is a tricky one because the feedback still sometimes has to be given because things has to change. And 
I found sometimes it's quite it creates quite a lot of frustrations for people when they they don't know how to break that that ceiling actually I guess with that person that is above them to to give that feedback to make things better like sometimes people have a lot of knowledge that could benefit that person sometimes they're things that you know are not working well for the team they have a lot more knowledge about how their teammates are feeling like especially for function level types of issues um you know if if feedback can't if if people in the leadership position don't know how people feel um in their team it's really problematic and if there's not a good loop looping feedback um to to know you know how people in the team feeling okay are they feeling safe can I actually talk about the issues and if that's blocked then the function is just not going to be able to improve and I think there's yeah obviously it results in lots of missed opportunities and it eventually impacts how people feel about you know their job and all of this so so that's why managing upwards and giving permission to manage upwards is is very important and nurturing that feeling of safety that safe space is it's so crucial yeah I think it's it, this is one of those incredibly tricky culture things um that I observe across different types of companies um, and and culture is pretty loaded I think culture is it for it to be genuine it has to be quite it has to both be organic and intentional which is it sounds like two different things which they sort of are but it has to be both of those things so it has to be uh, bottom up and top down uh, at the same time uh, so with feedback I've I've observed great um, organizations where um, uh, leadership would lead by example and create this culture where for example uh, feedback was given directly on Slack, say, um, uh, at at all levels. Uh, so uh, a very junior person could give feedback on high-level company strategy, um, and that was very welcome. Uh, on in an async world, it could be on Slack. In an sync world, it can be in an all hands. Um, or I've been in organizations where where we have uh, very frequent rounds of feedback where uh, a person gives uh, receives feedback from different people from across the organization and uh, I would find myself for example giving f- feedback to the CEO of that company I was in a one-to-one with the CEO and giving feedback directly to them um, but that's again that's something that you know is very intentionally created to create or foster that culture of um, of openness and uh, and helping everyone across levels um, grow and be better at what they do. So yeah, it's it's very difficult though, which is um, which is why you have to. I think why it's important that you spend a lot of mental energy thinking about these things if you're building a team or building an organization. Yeah, absolutely agree. I was wondering actually if you have examples or uh, I guess <laughs> ideas of some bad practices um, that happen with managing upwards. Yeah, I think bad ways of managing upwards is has a lot of commonalities but bad ways of relating to people in general and communicating with people in general so much of all of this stuff is communication right so bad ways um i've observed and maybe even done myself um is when i when i deliver feedback or i have a request um I'm not delivering the feedback upwards um, in a way that uh, makes that person understand why it's important 
that I'm delivering that feedback. Um, so, oh gosh, uh, okay, I'm going to make up an example. So say I'm on a project and I have a project lead and um, that project lead does something I think they could have done better. Uh, for example, um, the way they prioritize the backlog. I, I don't know. Um, and instead of, instead of kind of, uh, this is sort of like communication and feedback one one on one oh one uh instead of saying um hey listen um i don't think we should prioritize the backlog in this way because of these reasons because you know we have too much or uh it's not meeting our objectives or um i'm not understanding what the work needs to be done here or you know instead of explaining the outcomes you're just saying you are you are not handling the backlog in a very good way. So it's kind of like this using this, you are doing this thing wrong uh, type of statements. Um, and I think in some of those situations, I observe that the person just doesn't absorb the feedback at all because it just peels off of them because they don't understand what to do with it. Um, and uh, these situations come up a lot in, in communications. Like if you're having a conflict with someone you you should the, the the way you get uh that other person <laughs> to meet you halfway and understand your point of view is to articulate your experience and your point of view and how their actions affect you rather than point fingers at them and say that they're doing something wrong so yeah kind of use those mm, is it therapy i guess <laughs> those kind of communication 101 principles in the way you manage upwards as well like why is it important for this person more senior than me to understand my point of view and how do I get my point of view across yeah I I completely agree I do agree that it's it's always back to your ability to relate to others and and your I guess your emotional intelligence to some extent I've also seen that sometimes when you're frustrated as well where a project's going or how someone is is relating to you I guess sometimes you can only kind of focus on yourself and your own problem as well and, and miss out on understanding why is someone taking this approach and and forgetting to actually inquire about why they are taking this approach in the first place um so so yeah I think this is um this is an issue that can happen yeah so um I think yeah, this happens when people really just center on their on their own issue, forget to I guess have that empathetic approach of like figuring out okay why is this person even just yeah pushing for this? Um, is it lack of knowledge? Is it just something a direction they have on their side and, and so forth? It goes back to managing stakeholders, right? So I think this happens. This is sometimes a a, a common mistakes that that people can make, um, and yeah. Obviously, sometimes it inquiring obviously by the other side. Sometimes, if the person doesn't want to work with you, obviously, it's, it's it can only take you so far. But it's always good to at least try to understand the full context as to why some decisions are being made. Um, and you might realize actually that your problem or what you want to push for actually isn't applicable anymore as well. So it's important to also be able to have that reflection. Yeah, absolutely. I it's, It goes back to uh, one of our first episodes in this season where we talked about having empathy and compassion with our stakeholders. And I think it applies very much when you manage upwards as well. It's, it's about understanding 
what they care about and what's really important to them and and taking their point of view and understanding their vantage point um often <laughs> this makes me this is a bit of a funny funny example uh, it makes me think about this one time i um i i had to step in for someone and uh present something to the board of directors in a, in a company which i hadn't done before and um when i was a little kid and a teenager i hated doing presentations like it was the worst thing i could i could ever do uh, and i hated so much that i kind of as an adult i i I went the other direction with my feelings around presentations, which was, I'm not going to care. I'm just going to show up and present and like, it's, I'm not going to get anxiety from it. So I, I've learned as an adult to like, I basically don't get anxious about presentations anymore. Anyway, this is story time. Um, so I had to, I had to step in for someone to present to a board of directors. And, and uh, at the time I had a new direct manager. Uh, who had just joined the company and I thought I, I I've got my slides I know what I'm gonna say I'm not gonna over prepare for this I, I roughly know what I'm gonna say and this this manager wanted to schedule uh like these um rehearsal meetings or prep meetings for everyone who was presenting to the board uh so so that we could you know like make sure we had like everything was prepared and I I remember my gut instinct at the time was like what why why are we doing this i'm not i haven't rehearsed I, i'm not a presentation rehearser i i'm i'm way better when you know i just present like organically uh, otherwise you know i, I don't have a script blah, blah, blah. and then i had to like take a step back and think for myself like ah oh, this this manager is totally new to the company uh they are very very senior and uh, they need to look good for the board and they need their team so i was part of their team they need their team to look good for the board because my manager's role and performance hinges on us performing uh, in this very important meeting. So for me personally, this meet, I mean, I, board of directors, it's quite, ooh, wow. but it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, I really need to do well in this for me personally. Um, but I understood quite quickly that this is really, really, really important to my manager. And then I kind of stepped up and I was like, okay, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need to nail this because my manager is new and uh, 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 they need to impress their, whoever's above them in the food chain, which was the board of directors. So yeah, that's sort of like, I, I remember that vividly because I was like, ah, oh, I understand what's important to them now. I never had this role. Like this is such a senior role that I, I'll probably never have it, but I understand what is important to them in in a new role. Um, and so there are multiple instances of these, right? Like what's, especially when, when I work with product managers and product leads as well, because they very often have this role of managing all the stakeholders across a business and um, and they have to, align and appease and compromise and they're under a lot of lot of pressure product managers especially um which sometimes quite often engineers and designers are protected from uh, and so i think it's often easy for us as the, as the makers the engineers and the designers to kind of sit in our bubble and it's like we don't have time to do this or, or we can't build this feature or sit on our back legs um and we don't understand the pressures the product lead is under to deliver and compromise and align and all of those things. So yeah, it goes back to empathy and empathy and compassion, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is why, again, it's so important to build relationship with people you work and it's as well, like for managers and, and people like that are higher up as well in the hierarchy to 
I don't know, practice vulnerability as well with, with their, with their team, like people that are, you know, below them, because I think if you don't do that, people don't practice compassion towards you as well. And as you rightly said, with that board meeting example, for you that, I mean, it wasn't, I would say it was a big deal because, you, you know, you, you do have to do a good job in that meeting, but it's, it doesn't impact, people won't judge your performance based on that meeting, whilst for your your head of or the director that was um, leading your function, it, it was a really big deal. He was also going to be judged on that meeting and so forth. So I think you being able to understand that you could practice compassion and understood why the person was maybe a bit more stressed out. But I think it only works if the person is also ready to be open about these things. I've seen sometimes um, managing upwards being really difficult when there's this non-said about what's blocking someone or what pressures people have on them and they don't want to talk about it. And the problem is that people can't relate to them. They can't they can't have compassion for them because they don't they just don't know and they cannot know because even though they ask the question, they don't get a genuine answer. And I think this is when things get really frustrating because the relation the the relational aspect is blocked and and that's when you can't actually have a conversation to to clear the air, being like, oh, so this is what you're facing. Well, this is what I'm facing. So, oh, this sucks. What are we going to do? You know, like, if you can't relate like that as human beings to each other, you're just going to stay in that weird dynamic of being like, well, I'm blocked here. Or I don't think this is the right thing. And then they're going to be like, well, I don't think this is the right thing. And you're still in that very tense moment. And that's why I think it's not, enough only one side to be vulnerable it needs to be also the other side and I guess that's as you said it's, it's a cultural thing and and yeah that's that's why I guess it's also very important to be able to choose people that you will you know will share similar values to you because well yeah when when this is not in place at least for me this, this really impacts me maybe it impacts some other people less but um, for me I, I really struggle to manage upwards in this kind of environment so I'm going to circle back to something we talked about uh, in the beginning of this episode, which is around the value and the perspectives we bring to to people higher up uh, than us. Um, I've sometimes found myself, um, or quite often actually, um, having to manage up um, in, in the context of uh, helping someone who's more senior than me or who's more senior but in a different discipline with something I know really well but maybe they don't know very well uh, so uh, so an example could be um, uh, someone uh, like a very senior product director wanted to learn uh, or do some user research or usability testing and they hadn't done it before and then they asked me for help um, do you have experiences or reflection that reflections on that sort of dynamic when you're you're helping someone more senior than you with something you know really well and you're they, they're basically learning from you does that does that ever happen to you i can't think of an example in which it happens um but i see what you mean i i don't know if it falls under the management upwards because i guess it's uh it kind of is stepping out of the day-to-day -day, right and it's more around oh you have this expertise and i don't um, but I think it goes back to, you know, those cultural aspects where someone is, you know, open to 
to accept that you can learn things from anyone. And these can be people that are um, not at the same level of responsibility as you. And I think this is great when that happens because obviously we can all learn something from each other. So, so yeah, I don't have a lot to comment because I can't, I, I know that's happened to me, but I can't remember or I have done it and, and went to learn about, I don't know, I've learned about, uh, you know, some coding aspects from sometimes more from some junior devs, for example. And so it, it's happened in that sense, but I can't find a concrete example. Yeah, no, no, it's. I, th I find it super interesting uh, when you say you're not sure if it's managing upwards because I'm not sure if it's managing upwards either. I suppose what I have in mind is those instances where I've sat with my direct manager or uh, someone very senior to me and and uh, they've asked for my help in something because they're blocked or they want um, my input or something. Uh, oh, sorry, they want my input on something. Um. And I find that interesting. I guess the reason I ask about this and think about it is because, uh, again, I was sort of, um, what's the word? I was sort of conditioned as a junior to be in learning mode, um, to be on the receiving end of training and coaching and mentoring. Um, and no one, no one told me as a more junior person that I have skills to teach and coach uh, others that are more senior to me as well um, I suppose where I'm trying to get at this is to encourage people to reflect on their own skills and expertise and how they can be valuable to someone more senior to them as well and that you can manage is it managing I don't know uh, <laughs> you can kind of help people more senior than you um, be better at what they do and expand their skills and knowledge as well. Or it could be, you know, it could even be as simple as a very informal 15 minute, uh, someone very senior going, hey, I'm stuck on this thing. Um, I know it's not your expertise or your area necessarily, but I just need a different perspective uh, on this. And uh, again, going back to what you said in the beginning, because maybe because we're so close to the users or we're so close to the development process or we're so close to the product uh, whereas those more senior to us um, aren't necessarily sometimes they're so hands-off that they don't really know what's what's going on we can often bring that kind of frontline uh, customer insights and uh, feature development and that perspective to the work that they're doing as well so yeah, there's something around like kind of connecting the dots between what's on the uh, the, the the ground <laughs> with what's what's going up uh, going on higher in the business as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think circling back the knowledge and making sure that the the top knows have the full picture on why they make decisions is super important, and that's where, as you said, it's important to reflect and knowing that while you're doing this job because you've been hired to bring in expertise and no matter your level, um, you know, you do have some form of skills to bring and knowledge to bring, um, especially as you build your seniority in a team, um, you'll build knowledge and that is in itself super essential to a company. And sometimes senior stakeholders or senior leadership don't, they don't have that full picture. Um, they don't see things the same way you see them. They see them in less detail. Um, so they can inform you about the big picture, but you can inform them about how it works in the details. And that in itself is really key sometimes. And, um, yeah. 
So thinking specifically about your direct managers or the people who are managing you specifically and, and less about the people who are so senior there so far away. Um, what are some ways we can manage upwards when we feel like we are being micromanaged? Yeah, it's interesting because I think you could be micromanaged not only by your design manager, but also sometimes by your your lead PM. example, <laughs> so I've noticed that happening when... Um, yeah, where parts of your decision making is 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 taken away uh, from you, and I think for me, sometimes I'm wondering where to start with these things because it's delicate, especially in, in the case of your design manager, because obviously that person is in charge of performance. Um, I think it's to kind of identify where the need for control comes from. Is that a pure need of control because some people have that let's be honest um or does it come from more of a fear of some things not being delivered on time does it come from a i don't know a sort of pressure that is put on them to see that delivery happening in a specific way is there a lack of experience yeah so kind of pinpoint why why do people feel the need to micromanage? Do they even realize that they're doing it as well? I think sometimes we can give very loose feedback, like you're micromanaging me. But some people who are doing it, sometimes they don't do it because they want to micromanage. They're doing it because they don't. They're just, that's just the way that they just do. They don't think about doing it that way. They just, they don't realize the impact it has. So coming with concrete examples and also I guess just aligning with responsibilities and where your role starts, where their role starts. And, you know, I think that can help kind of clarify. I think in the case of your design manager, it's more around how can they learn to delegate? Um, how can they inspire you to think about different perspectives without being commanding on how they should approach a problem? I think sometimes... Some design managers can be, oh, why don't you just do it this way? Well, actually, that's not helpful because, first of all, you don't learn to solve a problem yourself when people give you the answer. And also, um, you might actually solve it in a much better way if you were to be given different perspectives to explore. So how can you help them reframe their approach as more of a series of questioning as opposed to a, a direction, basically? And then... So, yeah, I guess that, that sometimes works. Um, and then when it's more micromanagement from maybe other team members, um, I, I've seen it happen often with product managers, to be honest. So maybe it's more around, yeah, how, what is each role here to do? What is each responsibility? What is a collaborative and shared responsibility as well? I think that's really important to define. I think I see it a lot when... Um, a company is not UX mature and, um, you know, designers are there to, um, I guess, just come in at the UI stage or at the solution stage and they're being given a solution. Um, there's a lot of sometimes micromanagement happening there in terms of you're going to design this. And this is quite frustrating for designers. So how can you have a conversation around, well, actually, should, should we design this? And 
I think it's about, yeah, trying to figure out how much understanding does that person have of the design process? How can they benefit from you contributing to that other parts of the process that they're currently owning as well? And and figure out how you can have a yeah conversation about responsibilities, about collaboration, and so forth. Um, so I think you can explore these questions. Obviously, it's all back down to the ability of that person to also receive the upward management, I guess. <laughs> But I think at least you can try to question these things to figure out if if you can get somewhere. Yeah, I completely agree with, um, especially with kind of getting to the root cause of, of their micromanagement. There, there's a reason for everything, and they can be a mul- there can be a multitude of reasons for why people micromanage. And to add to it, I think one thing I find helps for me when I try to manage upwards in micromanagement situations is to learn or, or almost adapt and learn learn the, the trigger points or, or at what stages or uh, what makes uh, someone micromanage me or my team and, and get ahead of them. <laughs> so kind of anticipate uh, a situation where um, we're likely to be micromanaged and then, and then preemptively preemptively avoid that situation so this sounds very vague but for example if we're under a crunch time and we need to meet some deadlines and we would typically be very very micromanaged by a project manager you can you can anticipate that crunch time um, and communicate back over communicate back about when you think you will be done with what so for example um, uh, I'm work- we are working on these things. Uh, it's going to take this m- amount of time. Um, we're going probably going to have to drop these things. And it just kind of, well, it all boils, boils down to over-communication, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, anticipate anticipate <laughs> your managers or your project leads' uh, needs and um, anticipate their needs and almost give them the answers you think um, they're asking for when they're when they're a bit hovery and uh, chasing you a bit okay so yeah we've uh, we talked about the quite complex topic of managing upwards um always a bit tricky to talk about because there's so many aspects to this and there's so many things we didn't even cover because there's just a lot so maybe we'll do that in a, in a future episode um let's talk about our gratitudes this week you start sandrine so I guess this week, um, I know it might be a very weird gratitude, but I'm I'm quite grateful to see autumn coming. <laughs> um, I feel like we've had a very long summer, a very, very hot summer. Um, and I'm actually quite excited to, to just enjoy autumn. And yeah, I just like cozying up during this time of the year. And I think this, I always like this transitional, seasons and it feels nice to not be just hot all the time um so i'm just enjoying yeah i'm just enjoying the weather and it's nice to see rain again because we have barely had any for such a long time and now that obviously i'm i'm a huge fan of having rainy days when it there's too many of them but when you don't have any of them you actually <laughs> started missing the rain really so so yeah it's just it's just nice that it's autumn and i can start wearing layers again big plus one i i like seasons i like proper seasons um so yeah agree with you 
this week I am grateful for the, um, the freelancer community in London. I attended a really nice and lovely meetup this week um, for contractors and consultants and self-employed and freelancer designers and design adjacent people. Um, and that was really nice because I'm, I'm still a very newbie, self-employed person. I've only done this for a few months and there's so much... There's so much for me to learn and so many kind of just experiences and feelings and uh, things to share. So, yeah, really grateful for that meetup and for community in general. This was episode 55. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review us on your podcast platform if you can. Follow us and uh, share the podcast to help spread the word. We'll see you next week. <laughs>